Welcome to Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine issues at the intersection of digital media and the arts. In this episode, I was joined in the studio by Michael Guerra and Gemma Brown from The Moth, a podcast and event series that focuses on storytelling. The Moth, NYPL Labs, and Pop-Up Archive combined forces to create an open source transcription tool to make their stories more accessible to people who are hearing impaired. Thanks so much for coming in today and checking out our studios. And I need to know who you are, so please tell me your name and what you do. Cool. Thanks so much for having us. Um, my name is Gemma Brown, and I'm digital media producer at The Moth. I'm Michael Guerra, and I am the media and archive manager at The Moth. Okay, awesome. I brought you here today <laughs> to talk to you about this project that I've seen some news about. Um, I want to talk about this project called Story Scribe or Together We Listen. That's the same project, right? Together We Listen is the um, how did, like the umbrella project name, and Story Scribe is what we called our portion of the tool. Yeah, we can we can take it a step way back, <laughs> yeah. which is that you know you work in radio. Um, it's audio, and so the kind of big challenge that we were facing, um, which inspired this project, was that audio is not searchable. You can't type into a computer and necessarily find this interview based on any of the words that we said, whereas print and other forms of media are searchable. And this poses a big challenge for all of us who work in music and audio publishing and podcasting and all of these areas that are kind of blowing up right now. Um, and so it also makes it really hard to find the content that you want without having good, robust transcripts that are searchable. At The Moth, for example, we've recorded, I think, something in the realm of 20,000 stories. It's, um, <laughs> it's around that number, yeah. Yeah, in the wow. past uh, 19 years of the organization's history. And we wanted to find a way to make all of these ser- stories keyword searchable and accessible to the public. The project basically started because we had an interest in working with Pop-Up Archive. Um, and me, because I come from a library background, I was highly interested in Pop-Up because of their instant metadata tags. Um, and when I started at The Moth about a little over a year ago, I just wanted all of our stories to be tagged and I wanted everything to be like really searchable. Yeah, so that's really interesting. I'm wondering, um... You know, you said a lot of things kind of made sense to collaborate with Pop-Up Archive and Mm -hmm. NYPL. Did you all have sort of similar goals that you discovered were in common and decided to work together? Or did somebody initiate that conversation to kind of get the ball rolling? Uh, Michaela Bly, who is the manager of our education department, she basically put us in touch with Ben Verschbau at NYPL, um, who's in charge of digital labs. And basically, we just had a meeting with Michaela present. And then after that, we just realized, like, we do have a lot of the same initiatives here. And there is a reason for us to work together. As Michael was saying, there's just there's a lot of institutional overlap in terms of need. I mean, New York Public Library has been conducting these oral histories in neighborhoods around New York City. And we've been collecting stories ourselves for so many years at The Moth. 
and we wanted to find a way to build a tool that would be really useful for both organizations, but also that could have legs and be useful to other institutions that have large audio collections. And so we built what we're calling StoryScribe. The parent project, again, is called Together We Listen um, open source so that other media institutions could check it out, use the code base, and upload their MP3s and get back transcripts. And a huge other like component of this project was that we would become ADA compliant. Um, we were getting a lot of emails from teachers, whether they were elementary, middle school, high school, just saying like, hey, I actually teach uh, certain moth stories in my class. And I was wondering if you had transcriptions because I have one like deaf student or one hard of hearing student. And it's just been really fantastic to just be able to say, I mean, I sent out so many emails to teachers just being like, not right now, but something's coming. And now it's been really fantastic to reach out to those teachers again and be like, hey, guess what? We now have transcriptions. You know, you're going to have to, you can help us edit these things. But I mean, now we have this like living transcript for you to teach these students. Yeah, that's incredible. ADA compliance is like one of those things that I think so many audio-based entities like really desire and just like didn't have mm -hmm. a means to, to create sustainably. I mean, you know, we argued a lot about like, well, should we hire someone to just transcribe these or like, should we farm it out or do we have a budget for that? And with this sort of like hybrid model of automated transcription and user editing, I think that it's, a, it's kind of strikes a good balance between like the bulk of the work is sort of done by a computer and then the refinement is done by a human, which I think is really cool. The transcript editor uses pop-up archive mechanism to automatically transcribe the story, mm -hmm. say, yes. on the moth. And then the tool is that people are interacting with breaks it down line by line, and people can edit or offer suggestions to what the transcript should look like? Yeah, so it's built um, kind of like a game interface. So what happens um, kind of sequentially is that after we've uploaded an MP3 to pop up and gotten back a computer-generated transcript, it's rife with errors. Um, you know, the computer can't make it 100% perfect the first time through. And so when a user presses play, they'll hear one line of the story and see one line of the story in front of them. And then they can just go in and fix any mistakes or anything that was misheard by the computer. And when they key down to the next line, their corrections are saved and then um, compared against that of other users. And then when a certain number of people correct the line in the same way, then the line is locked to further editing. So we use a consensus algorithm and just sort of believe that if many people are correcting a line the same way, that the community brain is gonna be um, more intelligent than any one person. Once a transcript has been fully verified and is sort of like ready to roll, where does it live? It will be living on our website along with the story. So there will be, there'll be the player for um, our story and you can listen to the story and you can also read the transcript. Yeah, which is interesting because, you know, as an, or, you know, an organization that 
our, our currency is our true stories that are told live. We really believe in the power of audio and that you can really get the full scope and sense of a story by hearing the intonation and the accent and the voice that it was told in. And so that is the story in its original form. But um, there's so many benefits in terms of accessibility for the transcript. We hope that people will be able to use both documents in tandem. I think for research purposes or even just, you know, for getting an accurate quote from one of these, it's going to be indispensable. So you said earlier that there's something on the order of 20,000 stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are these all slated for StoryScribe? Basically, whatever's going to go on StoryScribe is what you hear on our radio hour and podcast. So do you think there are going to be more collaborations in the future between NYPL and The Moth and and or Pop-Up? Or was this kind of like a self-contained project? As of now, it hasn't really been decided, but I know it's something that we want. And I'm almost positive it's something that they would want to continue. Cool. It's just really exciting because, I mean, the New York Public Library is the leader in digital archiving. And as a small nonprofit, we create a lot of media, but it's been really incredible to collaborate with their developers and their thinkers that bring kind of like that next level of the future of digital archiving to the material that we have amassed. How can other organizations who might want to use the software like find out more, like who should they get in touch with if they're interested? Yeah, we have a GitHub page that's linked through our site. Um, if you go to togetherwelisten.nypl.org, that's where you can find links to GitHub. It's also linked through both StoryScribe, the Moth's iteration of the tool, and the New York Public Library Community Oral History Transcript Editor. You can find the GitHub link on any of those sites. Okay, cool. So this thing's pretty like fresh out of the gate, but I noticed there were quite a few stories that had been transcribed and edited. As of now, we have about 21 stories that are either 91% to 100% complete. So that's pretty exciting. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so much content. <laughs> it is. Just to know that like our audience and even we, we know some of the storytellers are like working on their own stories. Just to know that like that's happening is just really exciting. Because this is a project that's been going on since I want to say August. Like that's when it originally birthed. Yeah. And now to see, like, our little baby flies. <laughs> our little moth Stop. baby. <laughs> um, but we're now just very interested in trying to figure out how we can get more of an engagement. Yeah, we want to find people who are excited about the idea of correcting transcripts. And I think, okay, on the surface level, it isn't the sexiest thing. <laughs> but um, if you go to storyscribe.themoth.org and press play, what you get is a magnificently told story, five to 10 minutes long usually, get to basically sit there and listen and then get that sort of like uh, karmic reward, soft fuzzy feeling <laughs> as you see very simple grammatical and spelling errors come up on the screen and fix them. And I don't know, there's some sort of like, honestly, deep satisfaction out of listening and going through the entire transcript from a story. And that's not just because this is a project that I worked on, but that's, you know, that's a response that we've been getting a lot. People are like, this is really satisfying and fun and easy to work on um, project for those, you know, spare five minutes, 10 minutes that you got in the day. So I do want to ask you kind of a fun question. If you could use this tool to transcribe like any audio recording, yeah. 
what is like your dream recording <laughs> to run through this tool? Oh my god. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. I mean, I immediately think of like interviews with celebrities that I love. Wait, can I turn the question around on you? Yeah, yeah. If you could transcribe any piece of audio, what would it be? Yeah, I know. It's like, I was thinking about that. There are some live recordings of bands. And sometimes I can't tell what the banter is between songs, but I, like, want to know what they're saying. So, or it's just really funny to me. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. I want to change my answer. <laughs> you can change your answer. You can say whatever you want. Robert Smith's in-between song banter. Because no one ever knows what he is saying on stage. <laughs> and the Cure is my favorite band, and I have no idea what he's ever Are you saying. going to see them in June? I'm probably going to all three shows. Oh, really? Because I'm obsessed. Yeah. Okay. That's my answer. Okay. Yeah. This is not really of interest for public consumption, but <laughs> I I am always turning on my mic and recording conversations with friends. Like, if you start to get into that, like, juicy, deep dive convo and it's, like, 11 p.m., I turn on my microphone on my phone and record it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And I, like, rarely... if ever listen back because it's like you know the good stuff comes at minute 10 and it's not you know yeah. I'm not gonna really take that second go round listen but I I can't stop like my phone is filled with all these recordings of conversations like Do they know? cousin yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean it's just I don't know it just feels like you know we're getting somewhere and there needs to be a document of this and so I would love some transcripts so I could just find, like, that one important line that felt like a really big personal breakthrough because otherwise it's just, it's gone. <laughs> Dude, that is such a fantastic, like, idea, though. To record all of your conversations. Well, I don't record, record all no, of them. But, but, like, getting, like, a transcription for, like, in the dream world, you have a transcription for, like, all of your really intense, deep conversations. Yes. Last summer, my cousin and I went to these hot springs, and we didn't know when we drove up that the hot springs were going to be like this very culty nudist colony that we ended up spending the day in. And so we drove back like three hours to Boulder talking the entire time about like nudity and about our own personal politics and our body politics. And it got really, really deep. And I recorded this conversation, but have I ever listened back to it? No, but I would if I had a transcript. I have one more question that is just like a kind of a technical question, but does this software work well with languages other than English? No, the software was built just for English. We have a lot of stories that have other languages in them, um, and it tends to try to phonetically spell out the words. It doesn't work too well. Um, the one cool thing is that we did test the tool with a group of people who are visually impaired and it does it is compatible with speech readers so even if you can't see you can use the tool very cool do you all have anything else to add the last weekend of june i believe it's june 25th and 26th we're gonna have a hackathon at nypl um the bryant park location and we'll be using all of these transcripts and sort of seeing what data people have created from the transcripts and what data people can create with these transcripts. Yeah, so this is like the next step of the project um, after we have like a good selection of finished transcripts. If we're looking at this amazing collection of oral histories and stories, what can we learn about storytelling? What kind of um, linguistic analysis can we do or 
what do all of these stories almost as a data set tell us about narrative? Well, we don't know exactly what's going to come of it, and I think that's sort of yeah. part of the fun. And a sense, I think of this hackathon as like the end of this project slash like step two of this project of like what's going to come next and what can we do next. And to go back to your question, if we're going to be doing partnerships with NYPL, I feel like maybe this hackathon will answer some of those questions. Like what can we do next together as two organizations yeah. with all this data? Do we need to do a call out? Or, oh, uh, yeah. Shout yeah. out, shout out. Sure, yeah. All right. Um, so to participate, just go to storyscribe.themoth.org and click on a story to get started. You can sort by time, so you can pick out a short story, a long story to transcribe and um, you know pass along the information to all your friends who are into data and libraries and archiving and the moth and storytelling and freedom and truth. And <laughs> linguistics and oral history. <laughs> and um, storyscribe.themoth.org is the URL to get down with the transcripts. Yep. Cool. Um, are there any other people that were majorly involved in the project that you'd like to mention? Yes, we can do credits. Yeah. <laughs> Credit uh, roll. Brian Fu, without him, I feel like this project would not become what it is now. Yeah, so NYPL's team is... Ben Vershbaugh, Brian Fu, Willa Armstrong, Alexandra Kelly, Ara Kim, Chansey Fleet, and Mauricio Giraldo, and Shana Kimball. And our team is myself, Michael Guerra, and Lauren Fiorelli. And, Lauren Fiorelli. So, and shout out to our intern, Timothy Lilly, who's been helping out once in a while on this project, too. Well, that's super cool. Thank you all so much for coming in today. This has been really fun. Thank you for having <laughs> us. Yeah, it's absolutely. Radio Free Culture is produced by WFMU and the Free Music Archive. Our theme song this week is The Spider-Man's Nano Loop by Uncle Bibby, which can be found at freemusicarchive.org under a Creative Commons attribution license. To find out more or join in the transcription correcting process, please visit togetherwelisten.nypl.org or storyscribe.themoth.org.